big stuff from them, big stuff from them. How you how how did you like their first performance? I thought they played the game a bit wrong. I think that they should have played a lot more defensive at the start and then taking their chances um in the second half. Um they're younger than Belgium. They're a lot faster than Belgium. I feel that if they had conserved energy and waited till later in the game when Belgium was injured, they would have had a better opportunity of winning. With that being said though, they had a chance to take an early lead. The referee missed a couple of plays. Um I'd say one in particular that should have been a penalty too. Um so that would have given them another chance to make up for the first missed penalty. All in all, it was a good first showing showing in the World Cup. Um people should be proud. Um but the next game, you know, it's going to be tough especially with the coach saying what he said after the game. Yeah, honestly, I he was trying to fire up the troops, trying to fire up the country. I s- understand his reasoning behind it because again they're playing uh they were playing Croatia next and Croatia got their they got slapped. Um I, I believe it was 7 zip. No, wrong team, wrong team. Croatia did not get slapped. That was Costa Rica. Croatia yeah, Croatia, Croatia and Morocco they drew, so it was nail nail. Uh no goals. Um but yeah, like Belgium is old. They are really skilled, but they're old. So it, it seemed like this was a better opportunity. Croatia is also old, but they play a more physical style of game. So realistically they're strong defensively and in the middle. Even though that's where the majority of their age is, I think that that's going to give uh, Canada a bit of a problem because they're going to be physical with them. And they did go to the World Cup Finals last. They've been a relatively competitive team. So this is actually going to be a difficult one. So for him to have said what he said, it's only going to put more pressure on the players, in my opinion. And knowing that Canada has not even scored a goal ever in the World Cup, there's already enough pressure on them to score a goal, let alone win that game. They need at least a draw to have any chance of making it to the next round, at least. Um. Well, A, one thing that I'm extremely proud of, proud of uh, is the amount of Bramptonians that are on the squad. So, Brampton, please stand up. Really, really proud of um, all the Bramptons, especially um, a guy that I went to school with, Jonathan Osario. Oh, man. Obviously, you know, um, that's what you should have said in the group chat. I knew the second he went in the game and you were like, Brampton, stand up. I was like, bro. You know that a bunch of men's on the team that, uh, like, the captain of the team is from Brampton? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why aren't you repping them all, man? Come on. Well, because Jonathan, I actually know Jonathan. We went to school. We spoke. I remember we had gym class together. And he, because uh, he, he left fairly early because he went to go play soccer. Because he was... He was amazing from grade nine. I, he stayed for maybe, I think it was part of grade 10, and that was it. But he was amazing from then. And I was just really proud to know that, hey, I actually know someone that's an Olympic. I mean, not a, a, that actually played in a World Cup. He will definitely, you know, Olympics too eventually, right? But, well, he did play in the Olympics. But um, just really proud, you know, to, to see that. But. I was proud. I, I actually stood up, you know, and I 
thumped my chest and was like, let's go. Let's, like, Ron, I'm not a soccer guy, but I had to support. I had to support. No, but, like, I, I get it, man. Like, if you know somebody that's good and you're seeing them at probably, like, their highest or most proud moment and you, you personally know them, like, you know, be happy for them. But the fact that you just said Brampton stand-up, man, just say your high school stand-up, man. You know, he's not the only Brampton man on the team, and if you're going to stand up for him, you might as well stand up for all the rest of them. You claim Brampton so hard, man, but you don't even know one other player from Brampton on the team, I bet. Yeah, the captain. What's his name? Ron, 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 the whole team is Brampton. I feel like with this World Cup is Brampton versus everybody, you know? I got to get one of those T-shirts that or sweaters with that uh, caption on it. Brampton versus everyone. Another good thing that Toronto did, created, and uh, someone from Brampton is trying to steal it. I I see. Stop this. Wasn't it? I thought Detroit started it. No, no, no. Don't worry. It's Toronto. No, no, you, you could, you could be right, you know, but I'm not giving it to them. That's like, that's like, I guess that's I'm close to them now, you know, so closer there. So technically, you, you can give it to them or Toronto. I'll be good. Oh wow! Look at you! Look at you! Okay. Yeah, I gotta change my allegiance. I guess you know I'm closer to them than I am to Toronto now. So it is what wow, it is. Wow! So you're just gonna forget about us now? Never. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I didn't say that. And you're not from the six. Stop this. Yes, I am. I was born. No, no, no. You don't, you don't, you don't claim it, man. You don't even know where Jane and Finch is. So you're definitely not from the six. Stop Stop it. Yo, you stop this. I was born Toronto General Hospital. What, what is the intersection? What is the intersection? Ron, I was, I don't know the intersection when I was born. Where were you raised? Where were you raised? Where were you raised on Eglinton? What was the closest intersection? Uh, I believe it was Eglinton and Finch, was it? Impossible. Impossible. (laughs) Nothing is impossible. Yo, those streets are parallel. It's impossible. It's like, uh, like, just imagine, no, Mike, you're from Brampton, right? Just imagine someone's asking, you say that you lived on Queen Street, okay? And then I'm like, what was the street that crossed? Like, what is the closest intersection? And then they were like, Queen Street and Beauvaird. What would you think right away? Then I'll, then I'll, if it, remember, Ron, I moved to Brampton when I was 10 years old. Okay. No, I know. But what I'm saying is if you heard somebody say they're from Brampton and they said that they l- grew up at the intersection of Queen Street and Beauvert Street or Beauvert Drive, what would you say? Then I would be like... You ain't from Brampton. Um, no, I would, I, would, <laughs> I would ask more questions. I would try to figure out, hey, uh, that's a pretty big window. Could you like explain a little bit more? The and two roads that go down, across the whole city. They live. Find out, <laughs> afterwards, I'll find out. Oh, so you moved when you were 10. Now you're 30. Okay. <laughs> it makes sense. I'll give them some leeway. Right. But still, Brampton, you guys showed out. I'm happy. Even with the loss, I'm happy because we're still winning it. 
I know for a fact we're still winning it. I think that they're going to be competitive the next game. I think I told you they need to get at least one point in the first two games. So Sunday, I'm going to be repping. So, like, you know, I, I realized something about myself. You know, like, knowing that, like, my roots are Ghanaian, but I grew up in Canada, I'm just, like, I'm so invested in those games. You know, I, I guess I, this is something about me. Like, when I when I have, like, an allegiance to something, it's like I just feel like, I need them to win, and I'm so mad that both them and Ghana lost. Like, they have to win the second games. They have to. Oh, the second game, it's must win. If you go down 0-2... No, 0-2 is impossible. But if they at least tie, there's at least a bit of an opportunity. Unless it's something crazy happens where, like, say, I don't know, like, Morocco beats Belgium. Like, if something like that happens, or if, uh, I don't know, like... Korea beats Portugal in the next game like something that that'll make it really difficult for the teams that I like to get a chance to be in the playoff rounds now I remember I don't know if it was World Cup or Euro Cup you can correct me but Portugal they didn't win a single game in I believe it was group play I believe they tied every single one am I and but they were still able to advance. So that was uh so now the Euro. So originally when we were growing up, it was a sixteen team Euro um competition. So in sixteen team competitions they have four groups of four. The top two teams in each group qualify for the playoff round. But then they changed it now, so there's a twenty four team Euro. Okay, so then again for with 24 teams there's four groups of six or no six groups of four so the top two teams automatically qualify and then there's four wild card teams so they're like the top third place teams in the rest of the groups so because they had three draws they were able to be i think the third place team and then they qualified for the playoff and then they won but in the world cup when it's eight teams currently because next world cup it's going to be 48 teams i believe but uh, for this World Cup, it's 32 teams, and the top two teams make it. So if you have three draws, it's almost impossible to make it out of the group stages. It's, like, almost impossible. Like, you like you have to win at least one game to have an opportunity to be in the playoff rounds. Well... Honestly, this time, I, I, the only thing that I, I'm kind of upset about this World Cup is that I just wish it was actually during our summer um, because, again, you see those guys at the street corner in Toronto selling all the flags, right? And then people are partying outside rather than it's end of November, just about to be December, and it's super ridiculously cold outside that's the only thing that's kind of a downside of this world cup but overall um a lot of positive things uh, i see those videos of uh the people the, the japan fans are cleaning up the stadium so shout out to those fans a lot of upsets right Th this world cup is very is going to be a memorable one no nah, it's only going to be memorable for me if canada or Ghana does something I don't care about the rest of these teams. 
I need them to do something. Now, when you say you need them to do something, you need them to win or? No, winning is like, I'm, I'm, I'm honest with myself. Like the chances of that are going to be slim, but I want them to at least be competitive in the tournament, you know, because the next World Cup is in North America, you know, like I know we're going to be a lot older then, but we're definitely going to have a little bit more money, I'd hope, by then. So then maybe we have an opportunity to go to these games, you know, and see Canada, hopefully Ghana, because there's going to be more teams in this World Cup. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be in the summer. You know, I'd like to see the teams build up, you know, have a good competition, go into the future competition, you know, building off of the success of this one. If they get bouncing with three losses and they barely they barely lost all of them, it's going to give you a little bit of hope, but you're going to feel like shit too, you know? Like, the hell? Why can't we just win one game? Or for Canada, can't they just score one goal? Like, that's what we want to see. We want to feel good about their performance in the competition. So even if they make it to the round of 16, I'm okay with that because I didn't really expect them to win. True. That's a fair point. Fair point. Um, and yeah, we'll just go from there. So everyone, welcome to another episode of Knowledge and Nonsense. Um, thank you for joining us today. And we'll get this started. So, um, I have some sad news. Um, a great man has uh, taken his life uh, by the name of Jason David. Um, we all know him as Tommy. Uh, he was one of the gr I no Tommy was the greatest Power Ranger. Um, we all know him as the Green Ranger, the White Ranger, the Black Ranger, and also the Red Ranger. Um, he took his life, committed suicide. Uh, very very uh, sad news. Um, it touched me when I when I saw the news. It it actually hurt because this was as a kid, Ron. This guy I. He, I wanted to be just like him, right? He made the, hiya, hiya. He made it sound so cool when we were younger, right? Um, when we would be on the field at recess fighting, where everyone would come in their special colors. You know, I want to be the Green Ranger. I'm the Red Ranger. He made Power Ranger become so popular. Just his acting, his fighting skills. Um, it's sad. It's really, really sad. You hear the news of apparently uh, he's having a lot of problems with his second wife. And I don't know that if that was one of the reasons why he chose to make that decision. It's some sad, sad news. Um, I wish his kids all the best because losing a parent is very, very, it could be difficult. Um, so I wish his loved ones and his family all the best. I wish all the Power Ranger fans the best. We'll get through this, you guys. Uh, this week in Fantasy Ron, I'm dedicating it to him, and I'm gonna win this week. It's it's all it's all for it's all for Jason, aka Tommy Oliver. In that case, you better win. You know, if you're repping your homie, um, yeah, it's really sad, man. Like I I know I said this uh, a while ago. Um, I believe it's when. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Betty White died. Um, it, like in like even like Hank Aaron, like people like that, like people that you associate with your childhood, 
you know you know you're starting to get old when they start dying you know when your friends start dying like people like that you start to realize that that's when you're mortal you're getting old so to see or hear that he died is one thing that's like really sad but then to hear that he died of suicide is just even sadder because again like usually if suicide is the reason for your death like it basically seems like you had a lot of issues that you know you either couldn't address or you know sometimes you know you weren't able or didn't feel comfortable or people just weren't available for you to reach out to and get the help that you needed so that just makes it even sadder you know r.i.p to him you know i i hope all the best for his family it's a sad time man but like you know like you realize again like i said as you get older this just becomes a, a constant in your life yeah, I and I won't lie. It, it, I was just as shocked when uh, Robin Williams died as well, right? You see these guys. You're assuming they're happy. Um, they got the money, and then you just hear their their death. And it wasn't due to any illness, but they made the decision to die. You always gotta wonder what caused them to make that decision. What led them to that? It's it's really scary because myself just being a typical average person working a nine to five and I feel like my life is tough. And then when we look at these celebrities, these famous people, these athletes, musicians, people with millions of billions of dollars, you think that their life is perfect. We all think that, hey, if I had a couple of millions, I would be fine. But that's not always the case. Right. And I ultimately feel that. If you don't have that support, that love, that family, there's that cliche that we always hear about, you know, money can't buy everything. And when we look at these situations, it's it's right. If you ever think that money can buy anything, that's a problem. Uh, you know, it, it makes life a little bit easier for you if you have more money, but it doesn't make you happy, you know? And the next topic I want to dive into, but it still plays into this topic. Um, a Walmart man, employee manager, uh, opens fire and kills uh, six people. Uh, manager at Walmart. His name, I will grab his name very, very soon. But, you know, as we can see, mental illness is a very, very touchy topic. That I think that we need to, and I'm not just talking about me and you on this podcast, but this world needs to really be a, a bit more serious with. Because I have heard, right, and Ron, you probably have heard of situations where um, employees, staff members use mental sick days. Right. Or other people will use the word the, the, the they'll, they'll diagnose themselves being mentally ill to avoid working and being able to get benefits from the government. And we see situations like this where someone's taking lives of people that are working like um, one of the employees that lost their life was a 16 year old. Right. This guy's not even going to be able to see. Uh, his his prom not even going to be able to drive or even vote right and now his life is gone but 
people take advantage of, oh, I'm mentally ill. And we need to create, I don't know, maybe some type of spectrum or gauge it in a sense where we need to actually diagnose people and they need to maybe go through a test to actually be diagnosed as being mentally ill rather than someone just openly say, hey, I'm mentally ill and we have no facts, no proof of it. So, like, the the thing that makes it really hard for um, us or anyone to truly diagnose them, like, you know, a mental health issue, illness, whatever it is you want to call it, is that, like, a lot of the symptoms, they're pretty, they're, they're symptom, like, they're basically the symptomatic, like, you, you can't, you can see some signs, but, like, you have to have the person vocalize what it is that they're going through to you. So that alone automatically makes it really hard for you to properly diagnose if a person does suffer from something because, you know, you're not in another person's head. You know, if they're telling you something, you just have to hope that they're saying it in good faith. They're not just saying it to make up something so that they can get off work. So with that being said, it just makes it really hard for us to you know make those judgments and it, it like to some degree it's pretty irresponsible in terms of like getting the ability to be able to like properly diagnose it i i just i honestly don't think it's possible like unless if these things are truly you know things that if i see them on you i know for sure you are going through a specific issue then that's good but then you know, I find that like a lot of these issues, they overlap, you know, between the different types of mental health issues. So it's a very like, it's a really delicate and difficult subject to even, you know, kind of like come to some sort of understanding on. Um, as for, again, the person that shot up the um, uh, the Walmart, like for all the people that lost their lives, RIP to you. I, again, I hope all the best for your family. But yeah, it's just really tragic when people that go through these issues, you know, they decide to take out their frustrations or whatever it is on others. You know, it's not fair, but like it's something that is definitely something we have to be mindful of, something we have to address. And it's something that is becoming a little bit more common that people are having mental health breaks or emergencies. And then, you know, there could be consequences for what it is that they choose to do. Now, I and I completely understand and I see where you are coming from, but there needs to be some type of system in place to figure out whether someone is lying or someone's actually going through something. Now, everyone has their own stress level, right? Certain things that you can handle, I can't handle. And there's certain things that I can handle that you may not be able to handle and it goes for everyone, right? Uh, some individual, if they get a zit, they go crazy, haywire. You know, they can't show their face. Rather, someone like me, if I have one, I'm fine. I'm able to leave my house and still enjoy my day. So I understand that. But I think that we need to go back to the place where it was all about suck it up, Right. There are certain things wow. that I see people whining and crying about that I think 
is not a big problem, not a big word. But again, it's pretty subjective, you know, like if you if we're honest with ourselves based on all the things we see, you know, whether it be our parents or teachers, adults in our life, you know, when you really look back at a lot of things that they were dealing with, I'm pretty sure you can argue that a lot of them were dealing with mental health issues, you know, but we grew up in a time where it's not really the, it's not really, it was not really the environment for people to discuss or openly bring up their problems, you know, because ultimately if you didn't, if you did, there was a sign of weakness, you know, to some sort of degree, people didn't really care, you know, about it. As we start to age and as our generation has become adults, we start to realize that, you know, these things are really an issue and it makes it really hard for us to cope. Um, the suck it up mentality, you know, I know based on the fact that I grew up in like an old school environment, like I do have a bit of that in me too. I don't think people really care about your problems, especially if they have no real connection to you. So you bringing up your issues to them it may not you know gain or get the sympathy that you may be seeking so it's better to suck it up in those situations but you you should rely you know you your friends should be there for you if you do reach out to them or they could at least steer you in the right direction because you know honestly mike let, let's be honest if you saw your friend going through a hard time and they were having a hard time coping are you just going to tell them to suck it up and get over it or are you going to try to you know assist them or get them you know in contact with someone that can assist them and help them address their issues you know and you see that's that's what we need we need support rather than someone going to their manager director boss whatever and hey, uh, and speaking to and sending a letter to HR and requesting time off for mental for a mental relief break, you know, an LOA, a leave of absence from work. Why not the job bringing a specialist, a person that specializes in mental illness and able to support that employee? Right. So that employee maybe could take a week off from work, but they need to attend sessions, a class. Right. Like uh, my my job this week, we had an a seminar for an hour and a half where we talked about time management. Right. It's these classes that you can easily sign up for. Uh, I made it one of my developmental goals that I would attend these classes and. I went to the and I learned a few skills and I was able to gain some tools that I can apply to my everyday life. I think that companies need to do these more and have support rather than, OK, you know, you're able to take a month off. Uh, we'll give you, I don't know, 30 to 50 percent of your pay and then you can come back or eventually you don't come back and you get terminated or you find another job. Rather, because you're putting a Band-Aid over the cut. You're not actually solving the problem. So, like, I, I do think that the resources or av offering resources for people does make sense, you know. But, like, again, sometimes 
work like with work a lot of times they're they're more performance driven you know like they're all about getting the job done so if you are having an issue with work like their ultimate goal is to ensure that you're able to work so again going back to what i said earlier i feel that a lot of people don't that unless if they have a specific connection to you i don't think they truly care about your issues because they see especially in the work environment if one person's not there like they see that it impacts the whole machine when it comes to the company you know think about how you or other managers you see or managers you've seen around you react when somebody calls in sick like even the fact that somebody calls in sick sick is a problem for a lot of people because they know that if one person calls in sick or if a whole heap of people call in sick, that definitely means that they're going to be lacking in work that day. So that's something that they don't really, you know, care too much about, you know, unless if they see that there's a significant reason for why it is that the person can't come. If it's something that they can empathize with them, then they are okay with it, but if they can't, then they don't really, you know, consider it. And, you know, that that's a problem that, you know, a lot of people have with their companies when it comes to this stuff. It's like they don't truly, they don't think that they truly care. So then, you know, I'd rather just say I'm sick and, you know, just, you know, have a day off, a, a stress day or whatever, you know, because, you know, that's something I used to do. Like my sick days were like stress days when I felt like I was getting too worked up at work or I was too busy, or I had a lot of stressful situations, I would just take a sick day, you know, and it was just for myself to like recalibrate and stuff like that. But, you know, if you have the whole suck it up mentality, even something as simple as that is not something you can even fathom, you know, and to some degree, that's something that, you know, employers wouldn't even care to give. They'd be like, wait, why are you not coming in? You know, like that, that's, you know, I don't think that we always have to tell them the situation, unless if it is, we're calling out for help. Well, so using a, well, a lot of companies now, they call it a personal day, right? And I, I, I thought it was against the law if someone uses a personal day to ask you why you need it. Cause I, 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 that's what, on my understanding, but I could be wrong. Now using a personal day, using a sick day, that's only maybe like a two day I have to worry, but Ron, we there are people that abuse the system. But right? some I work but okay, have when, you when was, have you had like a ahead, mental sorry. sorry, I was just gonna say sorry for cutting you off, but like have you had like a, a an emergency like a mental health one, like where it's just like you can't cope with stuff? You know, like some people may need a lot longer than that. They may not just need two days or one day or whatever it is that they give them. That, you know, that it's like an absent that's excused. You know, some people need to go on short term. Some people need to go on long term. You know, like, who are you to judge? Because, again, this is very symptomatic based. So it's all based on what I'm feeling and how I'm coping with the situation. I So I, I actually did have, the last time I had one was when my grandma passed away. Right? And that whole month. I was really impacted. And because of the rules of, uh, you know, uh, I forgot the term, but I was only allowed four days off, which I thought was ridiculous to only have four days off when a very close family member passes away. I think is ridiculous. But 
company rules, but I couldn't focus. I couldn't really do the job that whole month. My production was trash. Right. And I had to take, I had to take some time off because I wasn't the only one being impacted. It was also my family. So situations like that, I completely understand. Right. And I'm not trying to say it only, it only needs to, you should only need, you should only be required. That's the word to take an L away for situations as extreme as that. But I'm just talking about those who abuse the system, right? I, uh, when I was working at a call center and I remember someone was living a nice life, you know, they were able to get themselves off the phones. They weren't working the phones. And then when it became our busy season and we needed them back on the phones, what was the first thing they said? It's, it's my, my mental health is deteriorating. I can't take calls right now. They could have, they could have been telling the truth wrong, but from what I heard from other people, close friends of theirs, they just didn't want to get on the phones. So they're using an excuse, but whoever wants to get on the phones. I, I agree. I Ron, I, no one wants to be on the phones, but for them to use that uh, I'm mentally ill. This is deteriorating my mental health as a reason. Sometimes, Ron, you just need to do the job. Okay? But like, You're yeah. only here for seven, seven to eight hours. Just do your time and you're gone. And these are the people that I'm speaking of that abuse the system when we have actual people like uh, Jason and this Walmart employee, right? that are mentally ill and because of their illness it it has a huge negative impact on others but what i'm saying or what you're doing is you're making it hard for people to come out and speak on things that they're going through you know like this is we see it in like rape or sexual assault scenarios you know we see it in mental health situations like, you know, a mental health issue doesn't start off of a big issue. Sometimes sometimes it could be a small thing. And having worked at a call center before, you know, like being in a call center, you have almost zero control of who calls in, what they call about, you know. So every single conversation you have or every call you accept is like Russian roulette. That could be the day where you get four consecutive bad calls, you know, and they could be really long. They could be really stressful, really draining, you know. So if you've had one of those really bad days where you get all the bad calls or all the stressful calls, like, you know, you're definitely going to be anxious the next day coming back. And, you know, having worked in a call center and having also gotten off calls while working in a call center, that is something that you see like, oh, my God, like I feel so much better about myself. I feel so much better about coming into work when I'm not on the phones. And then if the phones are coming back again, you know, the stress builds again because you're just like, damn, like, again, this whole Russian roulette. I don't know when I'm going to get a bad call. So that's really stressful. So if somebody is telling you that they're experiencing a specific situation, it's like, you know, maybe ask a few more probing questions as to why it is that they feel like this. You know, if it's something that you can easily address with them, you know, like you can help them. 
one thing I, I appreciated when I was in the call center and I was having a bad like week where I just kept getting bad call after bad call after bad call was having conversations with people about reshaping my focus. You know, like a lot of times when people are angry, there some people are calling in with bad intentions. You know, they're mad and they just want to ruin somebody else's day. But some people are calling in angry because there was a failure at the company, you know, that they're calling. You know, there's something that we didn't do. There's something that we didn't give. Like, there's a reason for that call. So if you refocus and you look at it like they're not coming at me, it's not personal. You know, like that's something that helps. One thing I always used in that situation was like, if somebody calls in emotionally, I would never react emotionally and I would never really address their emotions unless if it was something that was, you know, maybe sad or tragic. That's when I would address their emotions. But if it was just somebody calling in, hooting, hollering about something they didn't get or something that they want or something they expected, for me personally, I never address that. It's just like, this is what I can do for you. And this is how I'm going to go about this situation. Or if I can't do anything for you, this is why we can't do anything for you. So you got to suck it up and deal with whatever it is. You know, it's all about you know, just attacking the issue. But a lot of people don't really understand this. But that's something that comes with experience. That's something that comes from talking to others, you know, and especially in the call center environment, how often do the managers allow you to truly talk to other people to get insight on these things? Call centers are the most busiest workplaces. You know, they're the one of the most high stress ones where, you know, people are always trying to ensure that you're on the calls. You know, you're doing it this way. You're addressing their issues in this amount of time just to reach SLAs or, you know, like it's just like ridiculous, man. And, and Ron, the, the th- what you just outlined, that's the process I wish that we had rather than individuals just using it as reasonings to maybe maybe they are just trying to get out of a doing the job or maybe it is something that is really actually causing them harm. I think one, ask questions two, provide support so that you're not in that position where if you're upper management where you need to think, hey, are they a right fit for this company? And provide that support so that they are able to do the job. But with every but without that system in place, everyone, I feel like a lot of people abuse the system and mental illness is not taken as serious. Because just like what you started off by saying earlier on, it's something that we can't see. It's not like it's chicken pox or COVID where we can physically see or you take a test. We just have to kind of take your word. So I feel like what you just outlined, that system needs to be in place so that it can be taken more seriously because, again, we're just we're trusting them and we're, we're hoping that they're telling the truth. But let's be real. Are people, are, is everyone that's saying, hey, I'm mentally ill? Are they telling the truth? I would bet not everyone is telling the truth. So I just want to say what you outlined, that's the system that needs to be in place. But we're just allowing people, oh, you're mentally ill? Okay, take this. And we don't really, we don't follow up on that person. We don't check in on that person. Hey, how's everything going? I know you were off for a few days. How are you feeling, right? 
Um, have you done anything to help yourself or are you just laying back watching TV, right? Or are you, you know, you're exercising, you're, you're doing your research on how to improve yourself. You're maybe talking to others with experience, learning different breathing techniques, right? That's what I'm just trying to get at. Again, I just feel like it's very irresponsible if we don't have you know, legitimate, concrete reasons to believe that they are lying. Try to take their word for it, especially with something as simple or delicate as mental health. Because again, ultimately, the outlet, the emergency situations occur, like what happened in the Walmart. And then we're saying, why didn't the person reach out for help? What can we do to avoid this again? But then when people vocalize their issues, even in the smallest way, we're being very dismissive about it. We just have to, you know, have an open mind, you know, be, you know, open minded enough to, you know, ask the questions, you know, come to a resolution or a conclusion that, you know, okay, this is something that I do feel could be a legitimate issue, or I truly don't think that this is not. And if it's not, you have to have some sort of concrete information that, you know, clearly outlays this. If you don't have it, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're setting a very dangerous precedent, basically. Now, okay, so I'm thinking a lot of things that cause stress, we know uh, money is a big stress causer amongst a lot of people on this, in, on this planet. If someone is being paid not what they want to be paid and it's hurting them do you think that the government i know we had systems like serve but do you think there should be other things in place i think there should be be because again if you can't pay your bills and you got to work multiple jobs and you gotta you're you know you're at work more than you are in your bed or even at home this does lead to mental illness so I feel like jobs should, or even the government too, should play a bigger role. I'm just saying overall, there needs to be a better support. We can't just leave people alone because sometimes these people, yeah, they might get that time off, but they could be screaming and crying inside. I, I feel like that's the responsibility of the company and us as employees to, you know, dispute a lot of these charges. I, like, I don't think that it makes sense for us to work for something or a job that will never allow us to gain the amount of money that we need to survive. I don't think in any situation people should be scraping by working three, four, five jobs in order to sustain a life. I feel like these jobs that we work make enough money for the most part not all of them do but for the most part they make enough money for them to pay people adequately the fact that this doesn't happen in most cases is a travesty and the fact that we allow this to happen is a bigger travesty you know they they've kind of like conditioned a lot of people the majority of society to you know be dependent on them and now that we're dependent on them, they can dictate everything that we do. And they really do. They, they, they basically have stacked the cards in their favor. Yes, they own stuff, but this isn't fair. You know, I mean, like the fact that, you know, bunch like small numbers of people are able to f easily sustain a lifestyle. That's a that's a problem, you know, and this is something that, 
you know, causes more stress. Working three jobs, you know, or working a job where you don't get paid enough, you know, having to come in and be stressed out all the time. You know, like ultimately, if you're stressed out and you're making a million dollars, I don't think a lot of people will complain that much about it unless if the stress is causing an overkill. But if it's straightforward, I think people would cope with it, you know, but they don't make it like that. They make it really hard for you to want to cope or be able to cope. Um, Balenciaga is under some crazy heat right now for... uh one of their most recent ad uh that involved a child um so if you guys haven't seen the ad um it's a child and she's holding uh a bear or in one picture it looks like a, a teddy bear in the other picture uh there's like a toy monster it looks like one of those toy monsters from back in the day but um uh, the reason why uh they're under a lot of heat is because in this ad, uh, there was a picture of court documents uh, that's meant that stated uh, virtual child porn, um, as well as the outfits uh, that are kind of promoted in in uh, this ad is very, you know how like you know people those, those sexual people with the whips and the the leather and BDSM. The, the, the yeah 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 all that type of freaky stuff um they have that around kids so balinci so a lot of people are very upset with balinciaga i even seen uh this one girl she had a balinciaga sweater and she cut it up um so it's it's not looking good at all for balinciaga but the reason why i find it kind of crazy is because they're we saw what happened with Kyrie. We saw what happened with Kevin, uh, with not Kevin Durant, sorry, with Kanye West. And we saw everything that happened to them because of what they said. I really, really want to see what's going to happen with Balenciaga because of this, right? If we're going to be fair, there needs to be some huge penalties. A lot of people need to stop, need to start, sorry, dropping this brand and denouncing this brand. This at this news has been out for the last couple of days. I haven't heard many, I haven't heard not any major superstar uh, talk about this. I'm not sure why, but when Kanye and Kyrie said what they said, that a lot of people had problems with it. And hey, if you had a problem with it, you know, everyone has a right to to be upset with what they said. If you had if you were upset, you were upset. I'm not saying you shouldn't have been upset. But I'm just saying I really want to be I really want to see how this is all going to play out. I remember I forgot who told me. But um someone said cancel culture isn't real. And if we could let's see what happens with Balenciaga because we also have the whole Jerry Jones situation where he was at Little Rock and he was part of the uh, I believe it was 19. Hold on, let me get the date 19, 1957. He was there protesting against all uh, those black kids that were trying to get into the school. He was there, 14 year old, right? Let's actually see what happens to him. Let's see if the NFL comes out with a comment. Let's see, just like with Kyrie, how Kyrie had different things to do 
uh, to be reinstated. Let's see if the same thing is going to happen with Jerry Jones. A lot of comments uh, came out. He never hired a black coach before, right? So we'll see how this all plays out because we're, we're going to try to be fair. We're going to try to be transparent. This whole, all this movement, all these activists, all these so-called woke people. Well, <laughs> if we're going to be woke, we need to be woke about everything. Okay, Mike, man, like I say this to you all the time. Just adopt this simple principle. If you control any aspect of the world, you basically only have to say you're sorry throw some money at somebody and that's it it's done you know they control the world they dictate the rules that we live by so ultimately they're never going to stack the cards against them that that's basically what it is so you know like uh, to be honest like uh, you know me i didn't really see too much i kind of like scrolled by it and that was it i saw the whole balenciaga thing okay it's a problem you know like people have an issue with it okay i bet you in a week two weeks in a month people will continue buying balenciaga whatever you know that's just how people are short-term memory we live in a microwave culture you know it's only there for a short t a period of time um in terms of this whole cancel culture DeAndre, you know, um, he said it, Manzer Mossing, he, he told us this. Yes, he, yes, he you was. know, like, like, at first I didn't necessarily believe him, but then I do. All you have to do is pivot, you know. You know, if you're in control, all you have to do is apologize, and then you're good. That That's what it is, you know. Like, there's always a certain segment of the population that does agree with something that you think, something that you've said. So you just need to find the group of people that agree with you, and then you survive cancel culture. That that that's basically it, man. Like, they're not like this whole woke culture or the fake woke culture, as you call it. It's just, you know, like if you stand for everything, you 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 stand for nothing. You know, like you can't stand for every single cause. Like, that's just not a genuine way to live your life i don't think you know because i feel like everyone has principles you know there's certain things that people believe certain things people agree with and there's certain things people disagree with so ultimately you can't stand for anything or everything you have to have your principles so it is what it is man like this thing happens they're going to apologize and then that thing's going to happen of it after that that that's we should just leave it at that man agree i just want to see how everything's going to play out. it's not going to play out the way you'd like you know like it's going to disappear there's going to be no you know addressing this issue and that's it you just move on but when I when I when I said play out, I want to see especially just I just when it comes to like Jerry Jones, right? I want to see what the Dallas Cowboy players will say or what other players would say in the NFL, just the NFL. And when it comes to Balenciaga, I want to see what famous people are they still going to wear it? Like remember, Ron, you saw what happened with Gap. Gap took some huge heat. Right, even the weekend of the I almost called him the weekender. Sorry, the weekend, right? He stepped away from Gap, right? Because of 
the uh, the 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 picture that they had uh, with the with the black boy and the shirt, right? So I just want to see what will happen, right? It's still fresh. Let's see. Again, you are one thousand percent correct about this world being microwave, right? It heats up quick and then it turns cold very fast as well. So I just want to see how it's all going to play out. It, but especially people that wear it, that support it, Balenciaga and the athletes at uh, who who play for the Cowboys. Okay, for the Cowboys, like again. Let, let's just be completely honest. He lived in the South. You know, he's an older guy, so he lived in the 50s. You know, that was a time when segregation was alive and well. There is almost, like, I'd say less than 5% of a chance that he had no contribution in this specific realm. The, like, that's how I viewed it. I just assume... You know, if you grew up in that time, there's a high chance that you're a racist. You know, ultimately, you could have grown up, learned the errors of your ways or whatever. You know, I mean, like, or maybe you didn't. But again, he's in a con- position where he controls things in the world. You remember, like, in the NFL, when it comes to the NFL, he owns 132 of the NFL. Because remember, the commissioner... The NFL, like all of that stuff works for the owners, okay? The owners do not work for them, okay? So there, he has like a stake in this thing. So nothing, if anything happens to him, like, okay, if I, I, I don't think anything's going to happen to him. I just think he'll apologize and that's that and then we'll move on. You know, like, again, you control the things that happen in the world. You will always come out on top. Well, I I want to see if he I want to see if he's gonna even speak about it. Does he have right? to? You know, if he does, does it matter? Like, you know what he's gonna say if he does speak on it. You know, so at this point, I almost hope he doesn't say anything. Well, I do now, and I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be very, very honest. Me being a black man, right? A lot of people might take some heat. A lot of people might be upset with what I'm about to say, but. It's to remember, he was 14 at this time, right? Now he's much older. And he definitely could be a different person. But because of the way how the world is now, and it seems like we can't forgive, especially things that happened so long ago, because you got to remember, he was born as an innocent person. And maybe because of, the influence around him forced him to be that way at that time. Now, things obviously did change. So I don't know. I don't know who he is. I don't know his heart and I don't know his thoughts. Right. But because of the world that we live in today and that. You know, because of what you did in your past, you are who you are today. They're, they're, we just need to be fair. But again, you know, the world's not a fair place, right? You, you say, just like, and you said it perfectly. You say sorry, you throw some money at it, and everyone forgets. So, well, That's why well I, I, I'm very intrigued. I can't wait to see how this all plays out. I, like, honestly, I don't know what people expect in this situation. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest. If you were in the same situation, if I was in the same situation, 
if I had money, you know, if I was in control, I would just say sorry and throw money at it. That's what they do. That's what everyone would do. So we just need to start accepting these things, you know, like, and also if you've never been in the situation, you don't know how you'd act either, you know, because a lot of people would say, no, I wouldn't do that. I would do X, Y, Z. But again, you're not in that situation. So I'm assuming if you have so much to lose, you know, if you've built or if you've helped build something and, you know, you've created generational wealth and stuff, are you just going to be like, oh, yeah, you know what, like, I'm going to I'm willing to give this all up just because I, I did something like 50 years ago. Like, no, you're just going to say F off, man. I'm sorry. And then that's that. So let's just be honest, man. Like people, we just need to stop like expecting people to change or give us what we want when they are under no obligation to do so. Just start to accept that this world is a little bit dirtier than we'd like to admit, you know, and. You know, it, it becomes a little bit easier to navigate in the world at that point. You know, you don't have to be tainted by this, but it just gives you a level of understanding about what goes on in the world. Yeah, it's true. This world, this world is not, we can't wish for the best. We just got to live in it and try to get as much as we can. Uh, Ron, so as we know, um, shout out to all those American people out there that are celebrating uh, Thanksgiving. I uh, hope you guys have a very, very blessed Thanksgiving. Ron, have you seen someone? Ron, I love um, Thanksgiving memes on Instagram. It is the most hilarious things. I like how that lady always sings that song. Greens, beans, potatoes. You need. Oh, man, that's. She, she's, I think that's the most popular Thanksgiving meme. If, if I, if I'm corrected, if I'm correct, sorry. Say that one more time. The whole greens, beans, tomatoes, you know, that I, that has to be by far the most popular, um, Thanksgiving meme. Would you agree? I have no idea. I didn't even know that you there was meme. I've heard it, but I never knew that there was memes for Thanksgiving. Yeah. The 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 best meme I saw today was do you remember last season with Patrick Beverly? Uh when they when they eliminated the Clippers in the playout the the play in tournament? What about you know, that one was like his the way he was moving was kinda crazy. But it yeah, was impressive. And um how he th- yeah, so uh, you guys, just letting you know. So the NBA introduced this rule where if you – so the, the uh, teams have to – the bottom teams – well, the teams in the middle of the pack, they have to play in a little tournament to make it to the playoffs. Um, not a championship, just to make it to the playoffs. And this basketball player named Patrick Beverly won, and it looked like they won a championship. Like he took off his jersey, threw it in a crowd – he was crying and everything. And the caption, Ron, was when your dish is the first one to be finished. <laughs> oh, man. Just seeing him cry, that was hilarious. I loved it, to be honest. He's your it dog, was... man. He's your dog. Yeah, yeah. I know he's under a lot of heat right now for pushing a man in his back. Um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Don't be pushing a man in his back. But I understand that he was standing up for his teammate, right? 
So it goes both ways. I'll be honest. In the fight, anything is fair. Anything is fair in a fight. That's why you shouldn't fight. Yeah, I, I guess in a fight, you you know, you got to do all you can to win. So that's usually how it is, um, man. Yeah. Now, uh, Ron, that that whole uh, embryo, the the twenty nine year old embryo. What what was that all? About? I don't know, man. I just saw something on Instagram, and then I saw like uh, a bit of an article about how. There was a couple who had a 29-year-old embryo, embryo or something. It was frozen, and then because they used that to, I guess, conceive uh, or give birth to their two babies, like it's the oldest embryo, or oldest babies is what the article said. So they were basically saying that the babies are like 30 years old because the embryo is that old. And I found that very uh, weird. So I just thought I'd send it to you because I'm like, what like they're they're just babies okay like i don't know like that does that make sense like if the embryo is there frozen for like that long and then you know the kids are conceived you know 30 years later are we gonna say now they're 30 year old kids is this what we're doing now man they're babies man let's stop this nonsense man everything is semantics now man it's just weird no no but it kind of somewhat makes sense I know you would say this. I like I should have known you would have said this. <laughs> no, but wrong. The egg has been yeah, it it's been at that stage for 29 to 30 years, but it's still 29 to 30 years. Let's like okay, you're right, Mike. You're right. I'm wrong. No one, this wasn't a right or wrong. No, no, you're, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, Lord. It doesn't always have to be about me being right. Gosh, gosh. Well, uh, everyone, uh, a fantasy update. Um, last week, both Ron and I, uh, took a loss. Um, very, very close loss, but, uh, this week is looking a lot brighter. For um, you, with the power of the green, for me, Ron's out here scheming. Scheming. I'm not doing anything, man. I'm not doing anything. I'm just trying to, you know, be competitive. I'm trying to change things this year, hopefully for the better, and just try to set myself up for next year, potentially too. Stay scheming. Mm-mm, trying to get at me. Dao. Hurrah for my. Okay. No, no, no. Ron pulled off a crazy trade, everybody. Um, Honestly, the trade was. I was shocked when I saw it. Just to know that, Ron, like for you to pull something like that. I'm going to, and I, you know, this is going to make Ron feel super nice, but this could probably go down as one of the greatest trades in fantasy history for Ron. Uh, because of what he could do with it. Now, Ron, the, the, the power is in your hand. You know, as Kanye West said, no one man should have all this power. Right? What are you going to do with all this power? Nothing. I'm just going to sit on it. Uh, nope. 
The clock's ticking. I just count the hours. Stop tripping. I'm tripping off this power. Woo! Come on, Ron. <laughs> the clock's ticking. I'm chilling, man. Like I said, I feel like I need to refocus my team because last year in my other fantasy league, I went and I drafted a whole heap of centers and big men, and I won. This year, I tried something else. Let me get a whole heap of guards and see what will happen. And things are not going in quite the way I would have hoped. So I'm trying to change it up and get, you know, different guards and wings and see if that works. So we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm able to pull off another one or two trades. Hopefully, they just make me better than I was yesterday so that I can win again. You know, winning two times in three years would feel good. You know, so I'm a long way from even being close to being a champion, so I need to get to work. So stop talking to me and let me think about this, you know, how I can make my team better. I'm not going to lie. When I saw the trade, I got angry. And it's the same. It's a, it's not at the same level um, that I was at when I made my second trade um, that season when someone said I was cheating. Um, that got me really angry and it really pushed me to win. But seeing you do this, it got me really angry. So now I'm, I'm zoned in. Um, so if I win again, it's because of you, Ron, you got me angry. I keep telling you, you watch me way too much, man. Your emotions are so based on how I behave in fantasy. It's crazy. You're a good manager. No, no, no. Stop just, focusing on me. Focus on your own team. You know? No, Come it, on. It's not, it's not that. It's just that I, I, yes, I can. Sometimes people need that, that spark, that one situation that's like, okay, you know what? You're good, but it's, it's that, that moment that helped you go that extra level right last season it was it was because of him i'm not going to say his name but it was because of him why i was like okay you know what watch and now because of this season right now after seeing you do that because i know you know you you're still going to be good this season and because of that trade you're also putting yourself in a position to also be good next season so because of those things it really just you know, I got to really step up my A game right now. All right, man. Joe, I'm coming for you. Week 11, man. No, 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 no. I'm not even talking about week 11. Like, we're, we're champions, Ron. Regular season don't mean a, a, a thing. No, so. bets happen in the playoffs, not in the regular season. All right? Very true. Very true. Uh, and also, shout out to Ben Simmons. Um, even though Brooklyn Nets, you guys lost, I'm happy that he played. He was a little bit too much into the crowd for my liking, but um, he got over it. So I'm really happy because he, he went through a lot, right? Just imagine, Ron, like you play for a city, you lose a game. Yeah, you had probably one of your worst games ever. And then your own fan base is burning, burning your jersey. That's, that's pretty nah, traumatizing. Whatever, so. man. He's making way well, money, way able. more money than all of them. He doesn't give a damn. He he could just keep moving. Like honestly, that's all it is. And they ain't winning a championship. 
That's what he should have said. Philly. He should have said, Philly, you ain't winning a championship. So you guys can keep on booing me, you know, and not get your championship. I don't know, man, because that might that might be the thing to motivate them. And it ain't motivating them. You don't know, man. You don't know. It could it could be. Well, I'm not poking the bear. I always I was always told never do that. So we the north. Okay, I I like that energy. I like that energy. But Ron, uh, that's it on my side. Anything on your side? Nope, I'm good to go. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Knowledge and Nonsense. Uh, remember to rate, subscribe, and share. Um, other than that, until the next episode, one love. One love.